Well, I think, I feel like Golbo is my expression of worship. You know, I'm, I'm not a gifted singer. <laughs> uh, that's never been my thing, but I, but I have got an affinity for playing Golbo. Um, and, and every time I play, it's, it's like my worship to God. You know, if I can, if I can do my best on a Golbo court, then I, I, I really, yeah, that's my, my joy in the way that God has made me. You know, I think, I would never have chosen to have a disability, but actually it's opened up this world to me that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Now then, here I am in the home of Anna Tipton Nee Sharkey, because we can't miss that. <laughs> Great Britain GB gold ball player. Now this CV, really, I'm a bit nervous saying it because it's too big and I've got to interview this woman in a minute. Played in eight European Championships, yes, eight. 2005 through 2017. Two World Championships, 2007, 2010, and played a pretty nice role in the 2012 Paralympics in London. But, you know, lest we think it's all joy in sport, <laughs> there was great disappointment, well, I'm sure more than two disappointments, but in the 2008 and 2016 Olympics, GB didn't qualify and she could have been a triple Olympian uh, which is astonishing <laughs> to be fair one Olympics will do nicely for pretty much anyone else <laughs> as well now let's get into it uh, beyond that CV let's dig down into the life of Anna Tipton Anna first of all for fools uh, like me who, who made sure I did know about goalball actually but uh, not very long ago tell us about the game well, you're not being foolish at all because it's a it is a very small sport and it's um it's Paralympic specific. So um there's there's not a huge audience watching. Um but everybody's blacked out behind eye shades so nobody can see anything. You've got a ball with a bell in it and you bowl it across the court and try and get it past your opposition. But um it's fast. The fastest shooters can throw at 18 meters in, in around about half a second. So it's about sort of reflexes and getting your body out and stopping this ball. Um, it's it's Paralympic specific, so every athlete is visually impaired. Um, everybody's got some level of sight loss, but as soon as you put those shades on, everybody's on a level playing field. Mm. So it's fantastic to have a team sport that um, that you can you can feel equal in. Try and help us. Um, all different sports have different tacit feelings. You just described the things required to play it there. Okay, so everybody's blindfolded. Everyone's equal. What are the key reactions that you need to have? The key feel for space. Okay. Tell yeah. us the feel of the game. Oh, that's a really interesting question. Mm. Um, so communication is is firstly so important. So it's a team sport. You've got a centre and then you've got two wingers behind. Um, you're, you've got to track the ball with listening. Um, you're dependent on what you can hear. Um, so not only do you have to listen and react to the ball, but you have to react to one another because you definitely don't want to clash on court. Um, when the ball hits you, you've got 10 seconds to get it back down the other end. So in that time, you've got to pick yourself up off the floor, pick up the ball, go back to the net, and you've got um, about six metres to accelerate and release that ball again to get it back down the other end. So all of that's got to happen like a smooth, well-oiled machine. And uh, the better you can communicate as a team, the better you'll perform. So loads of talking, presumably. Mm. Yeah, Lo absolutely. Loads of talking. Is yeah. there anything on the court that helps you 
uh, obviously, like all sport, you, you you get your angles and position on the court because mm. you get used to a court, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Anything to help? Is there a feel there, factor in this? There is, yeah. So there's the court is laid down with string under tape, so you can feel ah. your relative position. Okay. Um, and then the goal spans the width of the court as well. So uh, once you've got the ball, you can go back to the net and you can feel how far along it you are, um, uh, relatively speaking, um, so that you in your head you kind of build this picture you know if you ask me i would say i, I thought i could see because yes. your brain creates this image in front of you um and it, it it makes then perfect sense of how you move and how you throw the ball oh i love it isn't that the most amazing thing about sport you're describing it there you're describing <laughs> goalball and i bet all the listeners imaginations like mine whatever sport you play right i was just thinking oh my word that's how you see a football pitch yeah, now, absolutely. Now, you may physically be able to see it, but actually it's in your mind's eye, the pitch. It is. What's yeah. got to go where? Who's yeah, going to yeah. be making a run that you can't see? Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, what's going to happen next? Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so so I know you're really good uh, and I know you're modest. So now you're going to tell me who's the best player then, the best player you played with, and what was so good about them in relation to what you've just said to me? Oh, okay. That's a really interesting question. So a player who I've played on the same team as. Or against, opponent. I reckon. Or against. Uh... Uh, there, there is a, a Russian player who I would love to play with. Um, we nicknamed her Assassin because we didn't know her name for a long time. <laughs> um, but she is, she's very quick and very quiet with her movement. Um, when you when you watch her from off court, and um, she's. She's clever about her game, and that's what I really enjoy about goalball. Is it's it's kind of a mind game. Um, you you can't preempt by looking. You can only go by what you're hearing. Um, and so, like any ball sport, you can play around with spin, with bounce, with direction, with angles. Um, and it's it's very interesting to pick it apart as a game. But um, this Russian player, who might I still don't know her name. I'm sorry. Yeah, not the assassin. <laughs> the assassin. The assassin. Is just such a smooth mover and i think yeah that's how i enjoy playing that's a good way to play oh class what when did you play against her by the way oh lots um we've we've in the we've big europeans and so on a couple of times yeah absolutely yeah. And, and some friendlies along the way okay and we've been beaten by them quite a lot of times <laughs> <laughs> oh brittle how did how did you get started in the first place how did it come around oh it was it was oh, a wonderful um act of god i suppose in that uh, I'd never heard of goalball. I'd never seen it before. I, my brother and I uh, both have a visual impairment and we went along to Bucks Association for the Blind, had a have a go day and goalball was there and uh, we had a brief introduction to it. But it seemed like a good idea from there that we thought we'd enter ourselves into a development tournament. And at the time, goodness knows why, because we didn't really know the rules and we didn't have any kit and <laughs> we're a bit shambles really. But uh, we we entered that tournament and won our first game 9-1. And I think it was, it was love from that point for both my brother and I um, and our friend who was playing with us and uh, yeah there was um, How old were you there Nana? Oh I don't know um, <laughs> early teens Early teens <laughs> Early teens So, But you must have been a sporty kid though you no, and Michael really really wasn't No Really? Um, so the thing about growing up with a visual impairment is that particularly team sport is, is really challenging because you can't see the ball necessarily and you can't necessarily see your teammates and you're often the weakest link on a team so it may just be quite an emotional experience I suppose quite stressful um, so to suddenly have this let loose and go do you know what you 
you can be physical and enjoy it with just such freedom of, of expression, I suppose, going that this is a whole world open to you that you didn't really have before. So oh my it, was, word. it was such a, such a treat and such a joy. And um, there was a lot of funding in the junior setup at that point. So my brother and I were both headhunted at that point and, and joined the sort of uh, GB juniors setup. So, um, so this is the, f- do you think then this, uh, look, that that's blown me away because of course all our experiences are different and the, I've just given you a CV about your Europeans and your worlds and your Paralympics and you're saying to me yeah but because I couldn't see well enough as a kid PE was murder <laughs> I, yeah. I mean wow and, and you're world class at your sport yeah I mean it's sometimes you don't know something about yourself until you get an opportunity um, and it's sometimes having that opportunity in a life opens up this whole world to you um you know to be to be an achiever more than you thought you could is um yeah just 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 wonderful um a wonderful gift and i'm so grateful to have enjoyed it and and to some extent still be enjoying it (laughs) well you certainly are um what you won't uh, see as you're listening to the podcast is that uh Anna played about 10 days ago and she hasn't played for a while. <laughs> and uh, look, I could milk this by saying, you know, we limped into the living room and things, but well, we didn't really, but we would have, we would have a week ago. Yeah, we, Anna? We would, yeah. Oh, you love it. You play it. You played a long time then. You've played a lot of years at the high level. Um, just out of interest, once you'd entered the world of Paralympic sport, did, did you come across other sports that you fancied or was it so clear for you that you were in the goalball world that that was the end of it? I love team sport for, for what it offers in camaraderie, really. Um, I I fell in love with goalball from, from that first time of playing in a way that I hadn't really with any other sport. Um, there are very... There are no other team sports at the Paralympics if you're a visually impaired woman. Um, uh, there's there's blind football if you're a man. Um, but if you're a woman, there's there's no t- other team sport. So short of doing a single sport for which there was less appeal for, um, nothing else really took my fancy. You know, the thing about single sports is the people who do them are incredibly talented and incredibly hard work ethic. Um, but I always felt like I needed that team. Mm. Um, you know, when you're with a team, you're, you're training because you want it for your teammate, because you, because you love your teammates. Um, that's my biggest motivator. You know, on those difficult days in the gym, you think, okay, I'm doing this because it's going to make us a better team for it. And I would find it very difficult to get the self-motivation. I'm not that sort of person mm-hmm. <laughs> to just to want to do it for myself, whereas mm-hmm. I could do it for other people. And and that was my big driver. Um, so, so no, there really, there really wasn't anything else that, that took my fancy. Yeah, okay. I, I'm interested in that because anyone listening who plays at any kind of level will, will understand that dichotomy. You know, it's team sports are very different places and cultures to individual mm. sports. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your faith earlier. Mm. Um, let me ask you about that in the context of what you just said. D- do you think your motivation and attraction, you've mentioned others, loving others, being part of a team with others a few times there. Yeah. Yeah. What role your Christian faith in your goal ball per se 
Yeah. Well, I think I feel like Goldbo is my expression of worship. You know, I'm I'm not a gifted singer. <laughs> uh, that's never been my thing, but I but I have got an affinity for playing Goldbo. Um and and every time I play it's it's like my worship to God, you know. If I can if I can do my best on a Goldbo court, then I I I really yeah, that's my my joy in the way that God has made me. You know, I think I would never have chosen to have a disability, but actually it's opened up this world to me that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, my, uh, I have my sport and my, my husband is totally blind. Um, and I met him through a, um, a secondary school, uh, like a sick form for people with visual impairment. And I wouldn't have met him if it weren't in that, um, that situation. And God makes good things out of not so good places, I suppose. Um, and, uh, and so Goldwell really has been my worship and, you know, there was this, um, uh, there's a there's a verse in Colossians about whatever you do, work at it as as hard as if you're working for the Lord. And I had it on a poster in my room when I was a teenager, mm. and I and I that was my sort of mantra to myself when um, my sporting life was kicking off and the demands of sort of strength and conditioning and this sort of thing were were kicking off as well. And I thought, yeah, I'm I'm going to work for it because God's given me this opportunity. You know, without Goldboy, I wouldn't have traveled the world in the way that I have I wouldn't have met the people that I have um it it's been such an incredible journey that and I'm so thankful for it and uh and I and I think that on court if I'm praising God then I'm also um supporting my teammates on their journey and yeah uh, loving each other is so important because your sporting day doesn't always go the way that you hoped it would. <laughs> and you've got to pick yourselves up um, as well as celebrate those good times. Um, and, it, you know, you sport is so absorbing, isn't it? That when you do have a down day and you're in a changing room afterwards and that rawness of emotion that's there, you need something to bring you back up again. Um, and so, you know, sharing that experience with your teammates and, and bringing them up and making them feel good about themselves and, and bolstering their confidence is a, is a wonderful gift to be able to give somebody else. Um, but, but can you remember a time, a specific time? We'll, we'll talk in a minute about what it must have been like to be competing in, a, in an Olympics in your own country, a remarkable experience, I'm sure. Can you think of a time when you drew on Christ, your faith in Christ, in real adversity, in, in a dressing room after a game where you just wanted to curl up in a ball and die <laughs> and you just knew that you yeah. could give? Can you think yeah. of one? Yeah, well, I think it's really important to show to other people what it means to you. You know, it's not that you want to just have this, um, you know, I think... Tears are really precious and and in some respects, embarrassingly, I've cried more at Goldball than I think I have in any other area of my life. <laughs> and I said to my teammates, So well, I'm not I'm not usually this person. <laughs> but I do shed tears. I shed tears when we win, I shed tears when we lose, I shed tears because I'm tired. <laughs> um, but you do because it's so absorbing. You know, you you work your life around elite level sport. You have to make changes to your life in order to, to make it happen. And sometimes some really tough decisions. And elite level sport is hard, but sometimes the hardest things in life are the, are the best things in life as well, because they mean so much at that point. And, um, I've been 
really blessed. I I remember when we were having changeover with coaching staff and I, I, I prayed for a Christian coach or a, a coach who was understanding to a, to a um, you know, Christian way of thinking for want of a better word. And, and actually in two coaches in quick succession we had were, had both strong faiths. And, and, and that was a gift as well because it means that you've got to give each other grace. You know, people are human and they'll make mistakes. Um, and sometimes elite level sport is elitist by nature, by its very word. Um, and it can be very condemning of mistakes, but we're all human and we're all going to make mistakes. Um, and it's about how you learn from that and recover from that. Um, and, and that's what's important about picking yourself up and dusting yourself off because you've got to forgive yourself as well because you will do things that you're not proud of um, and you need to ask for forgiveness for from your teammates from god um and then you've got to get over it so it's it is and has been a roller coaster um in so many senses of the word um but so flavorsome for it i mean um it, it makes life tasty doesn't it <laughs> well i love your adjective and your picture flavorsome and tasty sure it is <laughs> well if we're talking flavorsome and tasty Give the rest of us a feel of what it must be like when the Olympics come to London <laughs> and you're in the GB team in the Paralympics. Oh, Tell us about oh, it. It was just amazing because I think it was 2007 we got noticed that it was going to be a home nation games and it just, I, it was the dream, wasn't it? I mean, to compete at Paralympics and to do it on home soil is just incredible. It's like you're doing the thing you enjoy most in the world and you've got that many people on your side who want it for you. I loved it. I loved it. And, and I, <laughs> I loved showing off. <laughs> it was just a, such a joy. And um, to, to, I've had my sporting journey with my brother all the way along and he was part of the men's team as well. And so to, to enjoy it together was, was even more wonderful. Um, we didn't know we were going to have it for a long time in that we knew it was a home nation games, but we had to prove to get funding um, to have a place there um, in that, so we only found out we were going to London in about the March of 2012. Um, we officially had noticed that we were going. So up until then, it was somewhat nail biting um, because we had achieved gold in 2009 in the Europeans. And from that point, I was like, we are set. We've got a, a brilliant three years going into it. But unfortunately, things, uh, you know, the tide changes, whatever. Some players move on. We had a change in staff as well, which really unsettled the team. Um, and so in the 2011 Europeans, we we didn't have a good tournament. And from that point of view, we were told, look, you might not be going to London. Uh, oh. And you sit with your head in your hands and thinking, how, how did it go quite yeah. so wrong? Yeah. Um, so to get noticed that we were going was unbelievable. <laughs> it was Oh, it's like Disneyland for sport, oh. isn't it? Um, what, what's, what's your treasured moment? What will you take with you to old age? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, there's so many, but I think probably walking out onto court for the first time and get presented. You know, you, you have the start of the game, your number is read out in your name and you step forward and you, you, you give a wave to the crowd. And we played in the copper box, which was... Yeah. Um, 
the handball arena for the Olympics and then became the goalball arena for the Paralympics. And uh, goalball is a small sport and it doesn't draw crowds. So I had never played in front of 7,000 people live before. Oh uh, my word, was there 7,000 <laughs> people in the room? It was <gasps> It was awesome. What a noise. It was a noise, yeah. It was what a noise. A and noise. home nations meant uh, they were on my side. Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, so that was an uh, just an awesome feeling. You, you felt about 10 feet tall. Yeah. Now, am I going to force out of you? I'm going to have to force the fact that he's got a hat trick in a match out of you here. Because I know Harry's gone, right? He's gone to Canada. I know the prince has disappeared, but you're his hero. Come on, I want to know about the hat trick. <laughs> i got to scratch my head for a moment and think which game you're talking about. <laughs> I know, she says scores for fun. We, uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, I uh, enjoyed highest goal scorer in 2012 for for the GB team, and it was it was yeah, it's great scoring goals. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't really know how else to talk about it, but you know, you when everything's going your way, I suppose you you just you feel like you can. Uh, you've you've got to believe you can win, and I think for a long time in sport, when we were developing as a team. Um, I grew up with some of my teammates, I suppose. We we spent a lot of hours on a goalball court and we had to we had to learn how to win. Um and when the when you've got that and you've got that rhythm, the goals come. Uh, you've got to believe um you're gonna be good enough to score those goals. And uh, our coach just before the Paralympics said to us, Where do you think you'll place? Where do you think you'll finish? And we sat there and we went, Oh, do you know, I think I think we probably could touch the medals. I think we could. And he said, why aren't you telling me first place? You, why don't you believe that you could get first place? And you sit there and you think, okay, actually, let's, let's, let's just, let's take stock for a moment. And actually, yes, we are really capable and we worked really hard to get this moment. And we didn't win gold at the Paralympics, but, but to believe you can is what you need at that point to have, to have a better day in sport, I think. You've got to, haven't you? Because yeah. it's such a psychological game at the top level. Yeah. I want I can't, I know this is a bit indulgent, but I want to know how it works. You know, if you play football, that's what I've always played. Goal scorers, they'll score any way they like, really. A goal's a goal, you take anything. <laughs> but you know when they've got time, they've got a moment to think, and they've got the ball, there's a f kind of favourite way that you finish off. There's a favourite movement for most players. <laughs> I was in a celebration, you mean? No, no, I no, mean okay. the actual way you score. Oh, I see. Okay. The actual <laughs> feel of how to score. If you've okay. got a split second yeah. to play with and you've yeah, got yeah, composure yeah. on the ball, yeah. you know, you'll know there's a guy, they have to adapt it, of course, because they're always on the television at the top. But, you know, some people, I think of one guy when he was younger, he'd always drop his shoulder to the left, shuffle the ball to the right and slide oh, okay. it in. Okay. So what, is there such a thing for you? Your time, balls you've received, yeah. you're there, you've got a feel of where you are, you know what you're going to do. Is there a way you score? Sometimes you you know you mean business. And I, <laughs> I used to remember like, because your shades are on, nobody can really see what your eyes are doing, but but your face, you you pull a face. And it'd be like a, it'd be like a like a like a jaw jet, I suppose. Yeah. And I and I think you you almost take a deep breath. You know, sometimes if you really want to get the power out, you take a deep breath. You know that you're going to be in business, and it it's part of that psychological game, as you say. Because yeah. again, the opposition can't see you. So, but sometimes letting out that you know that that deep breath that that moment it, you are you are presenting yourself as being a bit menacing at that point and the the very satisfying thing about goalball is that if the ball doesn't go in the net it's going to hit a 
person. And if it hits a person <laughs> and they go, woof, <laughs> then, then you still it's not like a dog. <laughs> you still feel pretty happy at that point. Because <laughs> you wallop them. Because <laughs> you wallop them. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> to be fair, I'm getting nervous of you. <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask you how you became a Christian then. <laughs> Hitting people. Yeah, just wallop somebody who got converted. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, I know this is class because, because what we love about the podcast is so many people who are listening are playing at a really, really competitive level of sport mm. in different sports. So they'll get all this, you know, the feel of it. <laughs> I, I really, I mean it, they'll get the feel of the, you can just see, see your face as you talk, you'll hear it in your intonation. It's the competitiveness. It's the <laughs> joy that you're good at it. It's the rigor of doing it properly. Yeah. Look, our time's running out. So, so in the light of all the conversation we're in here, j- just give a little bit of a story of your your own coming to faith as a young person or an adult. Mm. You, you've talked a bit of, about the joy of the gifts that God has given you in sport. J- just underpin that for us with a little bit of your own story of actually realizing you needed to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I grew up in a in a Christian household, so going to church has sort of been part of my lifestyle from a very young age. But I think it was in my teenage years I had gone along to a spring harvest, and it was this revelation that you could have a relationship with God. You know, it wasn't just about silent prayers that 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 you may or may not perceive as being answered, but it was about this relationship and being able to talk to God and be really upfront and frank with God. You know, it's okay to show God that you're angry or it's okay to show God that you're, um, that you're happy um, (laughs) um, and that you're thankful for things. And um, this, I suppose, conversation with God, I I feel particularly on the global court just became even more, even louder, I suppose, um, of, of, you know, that God isn't just about that sort of confined space that, that Sunday morning or whatever. It's about the ins and outs of your life or the ins and outs of the game. You know, God is there with you. Um, uh, and I, I think that, being able to share my faith with my teammates is um, a really wonderful position to be in because, as, as I've said before, they, they see the best and the worst of you and they see all the emotion that you put in. So uh, by nature, they they see your faith and what that means to you. Um, and I've always been open and upfront about my faith and um, I and then I've been able to pray with teammates before and and that's a, a a really fulfilling experience as well because you're God becomes part of everything you do within that team um uh it's it's a it's a privilege to be able to share that with with teammates and uh I think something that I'm learning now because I haven't been in elite level sport now for about two and a half years is life is a lot more stable <laughs> for a start. It's a lot steadier. Uh, and I have to remember how that felt to, to have that rawness and closeness with God, uh, as I did when I was in sport, for my day-to-day now. That Even though my day-to-day is um, decidedly more sort of average, so to speak, God still wants to invade every part of it. Um, and that's you know, it's something that I would love to um, introduce my son to and and for, for him to get to know God as he grows up. 
Anna Tipton. Class, absolutely class being in the same room with you. Um, I think one of the things I'm going to take away from this is that pretty regularly now I'm going to throw people out by sticking my jaw out, right? <laughs> I'm taking a breath and thinking, taking a pause. Pause? Come on, yeah. jaw out, pause. <laughs> People think flipping neck. Not only is that bloke ugly, he's menacing as well. <laughs> hey, don't laugh too loud. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely class. And we wish you, Frankie and Fraser, the the best young Fraser, old Frankie. Well, not that old. Husband Frankie. <laughs> That's right. uh, thanks for letting us into your home. Thanks for the privilege of meeting somebody who's played at the absolute top of the tree in a sport, but is humble and modest and knows where her priorities lie. It's a joy to meet you, Anna. Thank you very much indeed. Thank Thank you. you.